right, welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today we have with us the co-founder and principal of Burgo Capital, Daniel Crochet. Daniel, how you doing? I'm doing well, Dan. Thanks for having me on today. Great Absolute to be here. How pleasure. Are you? Yeah, doing great. Really excited to have you. Appreciate you taking the time out of your day to add some value to our viewers. So we've got a lot to talk about, but before we get into all this technical, awesome value-add content that we're going to discuss, I want you to tell people a little bit about who you are. So tell our viewers, who is Daniel Crochet? Sure thing. So uh, I am, as you mentioned, a co-founder and principal at Burgo Capital. We're a Pittsburgh-based multifamily investment real estate firm. So we were founded in 2015. Uh, we currently have 2,000 units under management, a little bit over $200 million in assets uh, across two investment vehicles. Uh, so we've closed uh, two funds. We also do a little bit of development and value-add. Uh, we, we invest primarily in Pittsburgh, but in a few adjacent markets as well. Awesome. Now, now how did you get started in investment real estate? Yeah, you know, similar to how, how a lot of people do, right? So I had, I had the old 9 to 5 job. I was working at uh, Ernst & Young, big four public accounting, working long hours, sort of working for the man, um, you know, got into the real estate game. I actually bought my first rental property for 19 grand, put five grand down, borrowed 14 uh, from a local bank on a 10-year note. Uh, I still remember actually my, my rent was, the rent I was collecting was 650 and my, uh, my mortgage payment was 162 bucks a month. So nice. I, I got that first rent check and, and I was hooked for life. It just built my own portfolio doing really small syndications for a while. Um, and then I was, I was managing money professionally. So I eventually decided to merge those two interests. And, and instead of managing uh, alternative strategies, I started doing real estate. Very nice. Very nice. So talk to us about Burgo Capital. What is unique about how Burgo views the landscape of multifamily investments today? Yeah, sure. So, you know, we have always kind of taken a little bit of a contrarian approach. You know, we're a lot of the, the bigger markets tend to have you know, a lot more uh, investor appeal, a lot more institutional appeal. We look for these really tiny tertiary secondary markets. I say Pittsburgh, but I'm really talking about you know, small towns in Western Pennsylvania or even down into West Virginia. Um, we, we take a, a different approach and we just look at for, for deep, deep value. We look at discounts to replacement costs, buying in the most affordable parts of the country. So you know, we're, we're not looking for the sexy stuff. We're looking for cash flow. We're looking for, for yield. And I think you sometimes have to be willing to roll up your sleeves and, and deal with some of the more challenging properties to, to do that. So just take a little bit of a different approach and it's worked out well for us so far. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, listen, you've done a lot and grown a lot in, in, in a relatively short amount of time. Can you talk to us mm -hmm. about some of the strategies that Burgos implemented to, you know, source capital, create an investor base and, and grow to, to over 200 million dollars of assets under management? Yeah, sure. So it's, it's been an interesting ride. It's really been organic for us is, is the truth at the end of the day. So it's been heavily relationship based. So we uh, started off our first fund with just really a couple of investors, friends and family. It was a proof of concept idea at first. We, we didn't really have plans to, to build a firm. We kind of started with a deal and then another deal. And, you know, one you know, a couple of deals led to a third and a fourth and a fifth. Next thing we knew, it, we had a fund, you know, a couple investors led to 10 investors, 20 investors, 30 investors, um, but all of whom we had, you know, very, very personal relationships, first name basis, handshake basis, you know, built relationships, with trust sure. over time. Um, so whereas, you know, I, I think a, a lot of deals are being done these days, 
uh, more transactionally. And, and we're actually sort of interested in spreading our wings and, and getting to know, you know, a, a broader marketplace. We've, we've built our business very much the old school way with, you know, trust and, and a handshake. And, and that's, that's really led to success for us. It's been a, in some ways it's been, you know, pretty quick. In other ways, it's been a slow build. You know, we bought about 30, 40 million a year for the past five years or so. So, you know, it's, it's, it's taken a, a little bit of time, but I think we've, you know, used our, or organic sort of referral, just, you know, one foot in front of the other relationship based approach. And it's, it's led to some success. Fantastic. Well, listen, it all starts with a relationship and especially in your line of work, it's, it's very important. So I'm glad to hear that that's the fundamental focus of your efforts. So sure. listen, you've got a, a quite a multifaceted approach to, to doing business. I understand that Burgo's done everything from ground up construction to adaptive reuse uh, and, and, you know, stabilized acquisition. Um, of all the strategies, which has been the most successful for you and why? Yeah, so so our our core thesis is all around stabilized but underutilized real estate, and and particularly in the heartland of America, and that's what's been most successful for us. So, interestingly, I know you, know, you, you mostly work in the triple net space. Mm-hmm. The first three deals we did in our first fund, one was a multifamily, uh, the second was a retail, and the third was an office. And over time, so that our first fund, we just cobbled together all different asset classes, tried on a bunch of different things, didn't really know what we were doing. And we eventually learned over time that you know you have to pick the one thing that you think you can be the best in the world at and double down at that absolutely and build all your core competencies around a few key skills and so that's really what we did and and ultimately for us we realized that that was the affordable multifamily space something that's a little bit different about how we we view the world is you know i wouldn't say that we're necessarily a double bottom line investor but we care a lot about the communities that we invest in particularly as a residential investment firm, we have a big impact on the neighborhoods that we have assets in. And so we just kind of felt that it was it was part of our DNA, it was core to who we are in terms of our our values that, that we could make a, a real impact on affordable communities. So, you know, we actually, we had some investment success in terms of IRRs. We had really good exits with retail and even office, even in this climate, we've done really well, uh, all things considered, but, but you know, the multifamily, it, sure, it's a function of, of risk return and, and where we think the best investment opportunities are, but it's also a function of our DNA as, as a firm. So we're vertically integrated. You know, we're not just an investment company. We, we have property management, 65 employees. We do all the, all the nuts and bolts that go into that. And that's really ultimately where we felt like we could have the most success is in that affordable, stabilized, but underutilized multifamily space. Excellent. I think you hit the nail right on the head there, Daniel. It's so important to, as you said, double down on your key competencies. Uh, you know, I often advise people who are looking to take things to the next level. And I tell them, take a look at all your actions. Take a look at the things that you do on a day-to-day basis. And, and which yeah. of those, as you said, you know, key competencies are the, the inputs that are giving you the, the, the biggest results, right? And it's yep. pretty easy once somebody thinks about it to jot it down. And then the answer is, yeah. take everything else off your desk and focus on those. Exactly. Yeah, it's been totally the story for us. You know, I think at the end of the day, for us, what, what enables growth is, is two things. It's, it's capital and it's operations. You know, we have to be able to find the dollars to do the deals. And we have to be able to operate the deals successfully. And so, you know, we've, we've gone through a process recently of getting really, really ruthless. We used to do a bunch of things in uh, Airbnbs, short-term rentals. We used to do, I, you know, we talked about development, ground-up construction. We used to do townhomes, all, all kinds of things, you know, that Sure, you can make a buck doing them, but where you know what's gotten us from zero to two thousand units? It's one thing. It's affordable multifamily real estate, 
and it's access to capital and it's operating, operating those assets with excellence. And so, yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. You know, I think for us uh, on the capital side, again, it's all about the, the transparency and trust building. I think, you know, as, as you well know, that's not always a, a present factor in, in this industry. Mm-hmm. So I think being people with, you know, that, that lead with the bad news, that just say exactly what we mean, you know, talk about what's going well, what's not going well, actually talk about risk. I think people don't talk about risk enough in this space. And when you do that, it builds trust. You know, if, it does. If investors understand you're thinking about not only, you know, hey, I can make this incredibly juicy return, but here are the things that could go wrong. Here's what I'm doing to mitigate those risks. So I think getting really good at talking about that and articulating, hey, we understand every single element of this deal. And here's why it still makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, just getting really good at, at, at a couple core things and, and doubling down on them has actually has definitely been key to our success. Yeah, I think, again, another great point is I totally respect that transparency. It's it's just such a, a, a creator of, of stronger relationships and, and understanding and, you know, cohesion when, when we're transparent. You know, a lot of times people, as you said, they appreciate the fact that we outline what the risk factors are. Yep. Yeah, they totally do. So it's interesting that that was one of the things that was told to me uh, early on. And it's, it's pretty counterintuitive, right? Whenever you're trying to sell, the last thing you think you should do is talk about what could go wrong. But but it just builds trust. I think does. that's one of the things that I've found as a syndicator is, you know, there's especially when early on you're trying to, to establish a relationship and a baseline. People get much more comfortable with you very quickly if they understand that you actually have their best interests at mind and you can articulate Hey, here's what I'm thinking about. I'm putting myself in your shoes. Uh, so I think, you know, that, again, that's just one of the key elements to trust building is putting yourselves in people's shoes and, and articulating that you get it quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, you've got a lot of experience. You've built an incredible portfolio, doing great things. You've got the background in corporate America, you know, not, not unlike myself. So, you know, you've been around the block and obviously you've made decisions to build a company that, that is, is your own and that, you know, you can have a positive impact and, and also, you know, help people financially. So my question is, is in all of your endeavors, you've learned quite a bit. I would love if you could share your top three pieces of advice with our viewers. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So first is, I would just say the benefits of partnership. Don't think you can go it alone because you just can't. You top out so much in your own skill sets. And I think that's what this is all about. This podcast is about connecting people. It's about, you know, encouraging people to make partnerships, to think outside of, you know, their their own competencies and think about what does someone else do really well. For us, that's taken the form of, I have partners in this business. So I love thinking about capital. I love thinking about deals. I don't like thinking about operations and personnel issues and things like that. I have partners that do, they do those things really, really well. And that's really been kind of the rocket fuel that's enabled us to to take off is to say, Hey, look, I'm really good at this. You're really good at this. Instead of having, you know, uh, all of a small thing, I'd rather have a little bit of a big thing. So Mm -hmm. let's bring more people in, get a lot of, you know, smart people around the table and emphasize partnership. So that's number one is, is you know, the, the key importance of partnership. Number two is, you know, to double down on the point I've been making thus far is transparency. You can't overemphasize the importance of it, especially when you're building this kind of business. Trust is, is what makes people pull out their pocketbook and, and write a check. And I think just, you know, again, leading with the bad news, saying exactly what you mean and being able to articulate Everything from the upside to the downside, but doing it clearly and in a way that, that puts yourself in the shoes of the people on the other side of the table. 
inevitably. I mean, that, that is unequivocally what's led to our success. And then third, I think, you know, for us is, is being about something that's bigger than ourselves. So our core purpose as a company is improving lives through real estate. And we think about that critically for all of the members of you know, the value chain and the, the people whose lives we touch. So it's, yes, of course, it's our investors. We have to generate a great IRR for them. But it's our tenants, you know, the residents that live in our communities. It's our employees that we have to create an incredible employment experience for them. And it's the communities in which we invest. We have to be a really good citizen. And so you know, I, I think sometimes people think you, know, it's, you have to kind of pick one or the other. You're either all about the bottom line or you're all about making an impact. And we think you can do both and do both really, really well. And so that's, you know, I, I, I encourage people to, to not sort of rule out the ability to make a, an incredible impact on their community and to be passionate about their work, you know, to channel that passion into thinking about how they can actually make you know, this world better for the people whose lives they have the, the ability to impact through their work. Very nice. I love it. So partnerships, don't do it alone. Transparency, which we just fleshed out. And then being about something bigger than yourself, which I think is really important. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, a paycheck's a paycheck, but a mission is really what gets people going. And really, that's what's, you know, attractive and magnetic and can help people really collaborate and build something that, as you said, is, is bigger than the individual themselves. So, you know, on that yeah. vein, in, 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 in the spirit of, of helping people and, and giving advice, you know, we've got a lot of people who are watching that are, are looking to grow their business grow their real estate portfolio, take things to the next level. Is there any other guidance or tips that you would provide for those types of individuals? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I say very specifically do deals, you know, yep. there's no, there's nothing like, you know, reps. So getting out there, putting yourself in the marketplace and finding a way to get deals done at the end of the day. I mean, it's, it, it sounds like simple advice, but for us, that's the way we've learned. So I actually, you know, as you noted, I come from a corporate America background. When we started our first fund, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I had bought a bunch of duplexes and stuff like that, but our first real deal was a 54 unit. And we kind of just, you know, drank from a fire hose and, and went with it. But, but that's how you learn and that's how you succeed, right? So get out there and do deals, raise some money, go find an asset, you know, put, find a way to put a deal together, just put yourself out there. So that's, you know, that's, that's my number one piece of advice. I think this, you know, this industry because you know there's there's capital involved or there's some risk involved maybe there's debt whatever the case may be you know people tend to sit on the sidelines too long or they yes. you know they they don't take the step that is actually going to lead to to success so for us it's all, it's been all about hey look i don't know exactly how to build you know a, a billion dollar business but i do know that the best next thing for me to do is to send out this loi or mm -hmm. to to call this broker or to do whatever the thing is so i think you know just being a being a person that takes action that says you know, I, I don't have to have the whole big picture figured out, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get some batting practice in by by doing deals and putting myself out in the marketplace. That's the number one piece of advice I give to people who are looking to grow, you know, a portfolio or, or a business in the real estate industry. Absolutely, you know, I, I've I've interviewed over a hundred incredibly successful individuals, and that is definitely one common theme. It's to take action, to take massive action. I like how you put it: to drink from that that uh, you know the fire hose and just. Mm -hmm. Do those deals. That's how you're going to learn. The only way to learn how to ride the bicycle is by taking off the training wheels. So definitely can relate to that and appreciate it. So look, we've got about two minutes left. I want to turn the tables a little bit. Do you have any questions for me? Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. You know, it's some of the some of the key. You know, one or two, just the, the most important 
elements for you to, to the growth of your business? And I guess, particularly in the past 12 months, you know, given all the challenges of the pandemic, what are some of the, some of the keys for you? Great question. So I'm going to echo some of yours and add some of my own. Number one is definitely take massive action, especially when the beginning of the pandemic hit. I remember talking to a lot of brokers who were saying, Dan, I'm putting my foot on the brakes. I'm going to hole up and, and write off the rest of this year. And I, I said to myself, first of all, I was a little scared, you know, all this new stuff in the, in the, that nobody knew about. Um, but I said, if other people are going to take their, their, their foot and put it on the brake, I got to put two feet on the gas. So really taking yep. massive action was really important for me. Another one is systems, right? I've got a lot of energy, a lot of passion. But if I start my day and don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, it's going to be a waste of energy. So I have mm -hmm. systems and procedures so that when I put that energy in, I know that I'm putting in something that, like we talked about early, earlier, is going to yield results. Okay, So that, that would be uh, you know, number two. And then number three is delegation. Right, There are things that I don't like doing and there are things that I'm not good at. So what I do is I make sure to focus my energy and my efforts and my time and my assets on those things that I do best and hire yeah. other people to do the things that either they can do better or that they enjoy yeah. doing better than I do. Yeah, it's amazing advice. You know, it's, it's actually just based on my personality, I'm sort of one of those people that, that wants to do it all. And it's really only in the past year that I've really started to embrace that model of, of delegate and elevate. And it's yes. worked absolute wonders for me, you know, take, take just sort of acknowledging, hey, you know what, someone else is better at these things and they actually enjoy them. So I hired an assistant in the past 12 months, it's been an absolutely life changing yes. event. And, and I totally echo that. I mean, the, the value of, of delegation and putting yourself where you have the most leverage is, is incredibly effective. Absolutely. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength because it enables you to take your time and your efforts and put them in the place that's yeah. going to give you the biggest return. So I, I love it. I Absolutely. agree with you. Definitely on the same page there. Well, listen, we've come to the end of our episode. This has been really wonderful. <laughs> You've added a lot of value. Really appreciate it. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dan. It's been great to chat with you. Thanks Absolutely. for having me on. Well, hey, I'm Dan Lukowitz. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon.